and we're live with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. Back in 2012, my hubby Rick and I adopted a whole food plant-based lifestyle, and together we lost over 130 pounds. Now, I coach others who wish to lose weight and gain improved health, so please like, share, you can even post a comment for our guest. Tell us where you're from. You could even type in, be strong, be well, and be green. So just test voice. Let's welcome our guest. At age 58, Jim was diagnosed with perforated diverticulitis, major depression, diabetes, and more. Today, he is over 100 pounds lighter, fit and vigorous. Jim takes no prescription medications. Please click like and share to help me welcome Jim Beerstetcher. Welcome, Jim. Hi, Amy. It's great to see you and be with you today. Oh, it's I'm so glad. And for those of you that don't know, Jim is a returning guest. He was on a previous broadcast where he talked about sprouting microgreens. And that is something that he is an expert in. And he even has a Facebook group about it to help out beginners and the pros also. So that is actually how we met. Isn't that right, Jim? That's right. And you're a valued member of our sprouting group. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> That's because I put in a couple of comments. If you put in a couple of comments, you're valued. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I did comment and I joined your group and I learned a lot about sprouting because it's really important to me to incorporate a lot of different types of plant food in my diet. And, and lately it's been the broccoli sprouts. And I was a little hesitant and, and a little concerned that I wouldn't be doing it correctly. And you really set me straight. And then you came on and did a broadcast with me and helped our audience learn how to sprout and the, how to avoid mold and all kinds of things. But while I was preparing for I did research that you had a book about sprouting. And when I looked that up, I noticed that you had other books too. So you are a book author. You have written books about sailing and you've also wrote a book about your journey. I didn't know that at the time that I was interviewing the first time. And then when I read all that after our interview, I said to Jim, can you please come back and tell us your story? Because this is a really great story. So do you want to kind of walk us through what happened? Sure, Amy, I will. And and please just call me Jim B because my last name, I, I could spell it at about age 15. <laughs> and it's really hard to say, I think at 12. My story is sort of like, if you ever see the carton of milk with the have you seen me picture and there's me as a kid, and it was for the families with the most dysfunction on the planet. And, and I was that guy, the poster child for that. So I grew up in a really dysfunctional family, which meant bad food, bad habits, no sleep, no adult supervision, all sorts of, of abuse, neglect, and lots of shame shame, blame, guilt. And uh, so no principles for living. By the time I was 22, I, I was uh, ready to die. I was trying to die and accidentally went to a 12-step meeting to see what someone else, it's a long story. I was a thousand miles from home. I was on the street. I went in, I joined three 12-step programs and I'm still in them. It's coming up on 45 years. And that got me off of drugs, off of alcohol and off of alcohol. Three primary programs, but I've had to work the steps in seven 12-step programs. In, in my recovery so far to overcome all the things from that, that process. And the biggest part of it, of course, being shame and food 
Um, and I failed for years with the 12 step program for, for food, uh, anorexia, bulimia, as well as compulsive overeating. And today, of course, that's all under, under my whole food plant-based lifestyle. I can manage it quite well because that was the real problem. The problem was the food and, and, and what I was putting into me. So that's, that's it. I spent my whole life trying to have a whole life. And, and today I live guilt and shame free. Um, I, I love myself. I love people. I love life and living. And I like to share all of that with people. So we can go on for hours about all the different things I can talk about, but, but getting healthy was the, was, was the, the best thing I could do. I, at 58, I was laying in a hospital bed, motionless for five days, tablespoon of ice twice a day, waiting on two surgeries and uh, medical bankruptcy. Um, at that point, I was, I don't know if you want me to go into this now, but but I, I, I had to use the little electric carts when I went to the big box stores. I walked with a cane. I had, I had seven, I guess six or seven chronic illnesses, supposedly chronic, and then a, a string this long of, of all kinds of other inconvenient things. Like I had no neck. We were talking before the show. We have necks and we have collarbones now, you know, so, so it's been a long road. Yeah, there she goes. And it's wonderful. It's a great lifestyle. You're such an inspiration because oftentimes we might think, you know what, that's okay for you. But for me, it's too late. I've lived my life. I've put myself in the position that I'm in as far as the weight gain or the health issues that people have. And people just get so discouraged and think it's too late. And you also mentioned that it's the food. And I think that's another thing that people get discouraged about because they do blame themselves that they don't have what it takes to do it. And that you have to be somebody special in order to do it. The key, obviously, is to adopt a whole food plant-based lifestyle. I think that's that's one of the keys. But there's a lot more to it. So when you were laying in that hospital bed, what made this click? What what happened in your mind? Well, my doc, my surgeon came in and uh, was going over, oh, no worries, we're going to discharge you in a couple of days and you'll come back in. We'll have the two surgeries and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I don't have insurance and I'm going to go broke. So um, when they did let me out, I stopped at this health food store. It was in Waco, Texas, of all places. And I got this book here, Dr. Jensen's Guide to Better Bowel Care. Ooh. And I hope we can talk about bowels here. But 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 that was where I started. I started with that. And I think I put in my bio, like a, a breakfast before was four or five eggs and maybe six rashers of bacon grits with cooked to bacon grip drippings and cheese, uh, a couple of biscuits or four pieces of toast, three or four glasses of milk. That was breakfast. That sometimes I grew sprouts. I've been growing sprouts for a long time. But, and I, so I knew I had to change. And 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 since since I had the diverticulitis, I got this. And this showed me, this taught me about that whole system. And, and I began cleansing. I began to purify. Um, got my juicer out. And I made... I made basically broth and I still put like one piece of chicken into a big thing of, of soup because I didn't know whole food plant-based. And then I would blend it all up with veggies and drink that. And I would start growing sprouts and eating salad. And then as I was looking, you know, it took me a long time to find this answer because I, I went from 308, 308 pounds down to right at 200. And then all of a sudden I was back at 240, you know, and, and I would creep towards 255. So I would put on the coals get back down to 220 
And I went from 220 to 240 for two or three years until one day I stumbled across this guy. Uh, you might have heard of him. Here's another book, How Not to Die by Michael Greger. Dr. Michael and, Greger, yeah. And I, and, I, and I stumbled across the video, How Not to Die, The 15 Ways We Die. And, uh, and that struck a note with me because when I started my sprouting group to reinforce my own stuff, um, I people kept saying, well, no, you can get all these different illnesses from it and, and you'll die if you grow them. You can't do that. And, uh, from the sprouts. Yeah, from the sprouts. Because, <laughs> because, and so I was like, oh, well, let me look this up. So I went online and looked at CDC. And in the 20 years previously, there were maybe a half a dozen people hospitalized for, but for what you get from if you have sprouts that go bad. Now, if they go bad, they smell like hell. You will know. I mean, it's like, oh my God, the toilet has overflowed. But anyway, so there may be half a dozen people were, were hospitalized. Then I looked while I was there, I said, now how many people died of things like heart attack, heart failure, obesity related illnesses, diabetes, and those things. And in that 20 years, 65 million Americans, just Americans now, died from that. And I'm like, I was stunned. Yeah. So I knew, I knew something was. So anyway, so then, then I started looking, and and I looked at you know how we die, and that's when I found Dr. Greger's video, and it was like I was crying the whole time. It's like this is this is the real stuff. This is all science based. It's not like, oh here do this, you know, and and you'll get better, and buy my book, and you'll feel much better. But, and that's when I began to really dig in and and make the change. So that's how I got started. And, then the rest was detoxing and then getting into it and making it a lifestyle. It's a whole new way of life, but I'll tell you what, I'm never going back. I'll tell you that right now. That's just so amazing that you were researching how not to die. And this is before Dr. Greger had written the book. He just had a video about the top ways that people in America die. That is just so amazing. <laughs> so you had a lot of different illnesses, right? You were talking about the diverticulitis. Yeah. I perforated diverticulitis. And and again, that, that, that alone would give me... Um, economic uh, bankruptcy, financial bankruptcy. Um, I had obesity, but but I was morbidly obese. And I had, I had at that point been obese for over 30 years of my life. Not like, oh, I had this last week. And going through diets and things, I never got out of obese. Type 2 diabetes, they told me, no, pretty soon you'll have to start taking insulin. And right now all you got to do is just check your thing and get your levels down. And they, they were going to put me on medicine. And the hypertension? Thank you very much. I had hypertension and, and high blood pressure. Well, high, I guess hypertension and blood pressure go together, but my blood pressure was really high and they wanted me to take medication for that. And I, arthritis. And I had arthritis <laughs> and I had a memory problem. And uh, anyway, so, but yeah, I had arthritis. And, and like I said, I was walking with a cane. And, and when I went to a big box store, I'd have to get in the electric cart and drive around. And I just felt like an elephant that everybody was staring at going, look at that poor beached way. There's a chronic depression I had for over 30 years and, and a lot of it was because of how my family of origin issues and as i got rid of things like alcoholism drug addiction cigarette smoking consumption illnesses and compulsive overeating anorexia and bulimia all those things were solutions to the garbage i was carrying around from my childhood mm. and then they became the problem and they became life-threatening at some point and so each time i had to join another 12-step program and get cleaned up and get away from that. But I still had the same shame and, and, and guilt and garbage inside me I was carrying around and I had to get rid of that. So I finally did. I finally got into a, to, to the family of origin type 12 step program, 
where I could deal with that stuff and understand what was really going on and let it go. And I found my loving parent inside of myself. And here just recently, I had this awakening. I'm a little more cheerful now. People used to say, Jim, you don't ever smile. That's a chronic illness right there. <laughs> and, and now I'm smiling. I'm happy. I'm jumping up and down. I'm not bipolar, but I sure feel like because I'm just so happy now. I'm glad I waited, you know, didn't quit five minutes before the mirror. But then I had a lot of secondary illnesses too. And, and uh -huh. uh, all sorts of, I had lipomas all over my body. I mean, I just, it was really crazy. And those are for, for people that aren't familiar with that. They're kind of bubbles. Were they exterior, interior? They're subcutaneous uh, fat uh -huh. cysts. Right. And and so they look like little lumps. Like, oh, look, there's a giant cockroach under your skin or yeah. something. And, and those can all be, over also me. develop inside of your organs as well that you don't see them unless you would do a scan. I'm so grateful to be alive today. And and so now I have like one on my back that I can still see and, and I can almost feel a couple of others. And that they kind of just kind of dissolved away and melted away, which yeah. is absolute. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, they just go because the body uses up the fat that I've been storing all that time, I guess. And, but it's a genetic thing also. So a lot of people in my family had those, you know, as mm -hmm. well as all those other 12-step program kind of illnesses. So a lot of other things. My sleep is much better. And last night I only got, I got eight hours of sleep, but the night before I got five. And that's when I lose words. I'll lose words. But a couple nights back at eight hours of sleep. And, and, and when I changed the whole food plant base, I became able to sleep. And mm. uh, I, I was on a CPAP machine, you know, the force is strong in this one. You know, you put the mask on and it's blowing. It's like, hey, honey, let's fool around tonight. Oh, dear, baby. You know, like, oh, my God. So shame, guilt, uh, low self-esteem. Uh, th that was from the sleep apnea. The sleep apnea, right? absolutely. And uh -huh. I guess that's chronic. And uh, so the machine, in fact, I'm fixing to deliver it to a friend of mine that they, they don't have insurance and, and his wife needs one. I'm going to give it to them. I haven't right. used it for two years. So I'm doing right. great. Because I think that, the, well, they have obstructive sleep apnea and central, but you obviously have the obstructive, which is when there's something obstructing your airway. And typically it's because you're overweight that obstructs. And usually when you lose the weight, it resolves because the obstruction is gone. Some people have to have surgery, but... You were fortunate mm -hmm. that just losing the weight seemed to resolve the obstruction. Oh, absolutely. And, and the neighbors are much happier and people around me can sleep better. Um, and the other thing is I used to wake up in a panic. like, I got to get out of here kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would be opening windows and stuff in the middle of the night and then, be, and then wake up. And, and that has gone. Assuming that you also gave up processed foods, you didn't just give up animal products, right? You it gave up whole a lot of Foods. Right. So processed foods. Oh, that's not a whole food. And, and right. I think Maureen Kilgore from our Sprouts group, she's a, a, a whole food dietitian type person and, and very well educated on the subject. And I would, kept talking to her about, well, I, I, I'm going to, I'm using uh, honey and, or no, I'm, I'm using apple juice, a little bit of apple juice. It's organic in my smoothie. And she goes, mm -hmm. does it have the fiber? I said, no. She said, well, mm -hmm. is that a whole food? <laughs> and I go, Oh, okay. So now I cut up apples and throw them in my smoothie. You're still going to get the sweetness, but you're just not going to exactly. You're so you right. You get the whole food. Yeah, you get the mm -hmm. fiber. You get all the other things that since we were in trees before we even contemplating jumping down into the grass and living there as a species, we only ate whole foods. And, and it's only been the last couple hundred years or 300 years that people said, hey, we can bake cakes and we can have sugar and 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 if you track the illness level of our society on the kind of things that are killing us now, 
that's where they went to town. Then you have, especially in the United States, where a lot of the processed foods contain all kinds of chemicals and things that you couldn't even pronounce. They have a saying where it's called generally recognized as safe. And so for the United States, if you are eating any kind of food that has a label that has ingredients that are, aren't something that you can dig up out of the ground and pull off a tree, and especially if you can't pronounce it, those ingredients are generally recognized as safe. That means that nobody really tested them to see if they're safe. They just haven't found anybody that complained that they weren't. And if they do complain, then, well, they take them off and then they make another version of that. Yeah, like BPA-free. <laughs> exactly. You know BPA-free plastic. Oh, they're bad. So here's this new one. And Dr. Greger has at least one video, maybe two or three, about that very subject that actually a, a couple of the replacements are 10 times worse. Worse, but they haven't been proven. So the product says BPA-free and you're supposed to feel safe. Yeah, and it's really sad that if you go over into Europe, you'll find that Heinz ketchup is just salt and sugar and tomatoes. And here there's a whole bunch of other ingredients that are generally recognized as safe. So if you just eat the whole food and don't eat the processed foods that have the crinkly packages and the labels, especially when you can't pronounce or identify what the ingredient is. And getting back to what you were talking about, that sometimes you would wake up and just feel anxious and want to open the windows. And, and I really feel that some of it may have had to do with some of the chemicals that were circulating in your body and they're not recognizable by our bodies. Clearly, that's where my depression came from. And it wouldn't go away entirely. I mean, I... I did become a vegetarian in 1985, I guess. And I gained 45 pounds in three months because <laughs> ice cream is dairy and, and, and cows are vegetarians. And because there are different class that back then it was, there are all kinds of different things. Veganism, really great. It does great for those animals and it's a better way to eat, but I could still eat a package of Oreo cookie because there's no animals died in that process. And, and uh, I love veganism. I, I really do. I love animals. And I think we're, we are too. And I love me and I love everybody else. So I want to support everybody's health. Animals, people, my dog, everybody. <laughs> right. They're all, I see that a lot. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah. We're all earthlings. All those, the animals, your dog, all of us, we all want to be here and live out our lives in peace. Yes. Yeah. So, so when you had that CPAP machine and then when you came off of it, because I think that you had said that you were, had originally been snoring a lot. And oh, yeah. so then when you weren't wearing the CPAP, no more snoring, no more right? snoring, no more waking up, can't breathe. Somehow I wake up thinking that I need to inhale and I can't. And the problem is I've completely, completely filled up with air. And here I'm trying to inhale and I can't, and it's like, I'm choking to death, you know, and, and that's a real panicky situation. Right. That hasn't come back either. So lots of stuff like that. And, and a year into this thing, I went and got my first um, colonoscopy. You know, when you get older, you get to have those more often. And my father died of colon cancer. My grandfather, I mean, my grandfather died of colon cancer. My father had 85% of his colon removed. He only ate ice cream and shrimp after he got into sobriety. So with the diverticulitis, I went and got checked in a couple years later as I got into this. And the doctor said, you didn't have perforated diverticulitis. And I said, yeah, I got, I, I, I saw the x-ray or the machine yeah. pictures of it. And he says, well, there's no recognizable sign of it in your colon period. And the next sentence he says is, I wrote the book on colonoscopy. And he says, if I wasn't retiring, I would ask you to stick around and get me that information from your surgeon to see that picture because I don't believe it. <laughs>
<laughs> I just danced home. I'm like, yes. Okay, oh. that's the real deal. You can right. heal your colon. And it, it, even if you're not whole food plant-based, even if you are, this is a great book. This guy, he's actually was a chiropractor in, in the 30s. He started working with bowels, which nobody wants to talk about them. But I tell you well, what. We just had an episode on constipation. And I let out all the words right in the beginning of the interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. My viewers and listeners are not afraid of talking about bowel. <laughs> fiber is my friend. You know, like when I make a smoothie, I put a big heaping teaspoon of fiber in there every time. I eat so much fiber. I have no problems whatsoever. And the other thing is the different stool things that you get when you eat that kind of food, you know, the explosives, the the, the farting, the, the ones that's like, oh, there's a chemical factory must have exploded down the street, you know, the burping, all the body functions like that. And then when you burp up the horrible smells and stuff or. or yeah, like you were talking about that you had the acid reflux or the GERD. Oh, yeah. I wake up with that burning in my mouth in the middle of the night. And I, a thing of tongues. I do one or two of those in a week. It's like, oh, no gone body odors gone behind your ear and this is really weird <laughs> what what you're going for it and you haven't told me to shut up yet so i'll keep going it, it, i took my finger and rub it across the back of my ear the the, the, the inner side like that I, I smell nothing but then i could do that and from, from this far away it's like what is that and it was my body trying to get rid of toxins Right. All those chemicals you talk about that are considered safe, you know, that the body's trying to get them out of there, but it's so overwhelmed with how much I put in. Right, anyway. exactly. And these are the things that a lot of people don't realize that, especially people who are morbidly obese, that they have to deal with on a daily basis. We had on a woman, Sandra, and she had said when she was morbidly obese, of course, she reversed it and she, we did an interview with her. At night, when she would go to sleep, she would have to pull the folds of her neck down to just get comfortable so that she could feel that she could breathe to fall asleep. And then she talked about having, you know, she's a school teacher and she had to deal with having to try to keep up with her hygiene and change in the bathroom or use deodorant in different parts of her body just to, to keep up to make her feel a little more confident. And it's like you said, like we we're talking about all these chemicals and your body just, it tries to get rid of it. But if you keep putting it in, you're just never going to resolve these issues. And there's so many things that you're, I mean, you were talking about the lymphomas, but I think that you also said that you had some kind of growths too, right? Maybe skin tags or growths or something. Yeah. I, um, I guess about 10 years ago, I went to 12 years ago, I, I went to a new doctor and he was doing a physical and they have my shirt off. They goes, okay, let's turn around. I'll examine your back. And he walks around. And this guy is very mild. Goes around the back and he goes, oh, my God. <laughs> That's not what you want to hear in an exam. No, I mean, you know. If, looking if at your back, started, you can't even see their facial expression, but you just hear that. And then oh. they start cutting out pieces of it and sending it away. And, oh. and then they say, well, we got all the bad stuff, but you're, it's going to get worse because, you know, I said, well, yeah, I cruised on sailboats for a lot of years and before we knew about sunscreen and it's like, Oh, well, you're probably going to die from this. And I'm like, Oh, great. And, um, they're mostly gone. I haven't, I haven't had to have anything cut off for examination in over four years. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. Um, wow. and also I'm glad that we can talk about this in your show because all yeah. this stuff, this is all the stuff you have to live with daily. And when all that lifts away, and I really, I'm, I'm with you. I think all the chemistry in our brain, no wonder we're depressed, we're suicidal, we're angry all the time, we're fearful. 
and uh, and then living with shame that's the hardest thing and that i don't know that that's from the food or the after effects of the lifestyle that i grew up in i'm sure it's both but the food certainly didn't help and then my size ain't nothing like going to visit friends for christmas and we're all around the tree and i'm sitting in a chair and the chair breaks because i weigh 320 pounds or 308 pounds and uh, and that, those kind of things they stick and watching how people look at me uh, when i what my my the last pair of jeans I bought on the uphill climb were size 50 inch. And that's what I wore to the hospital when I had the perforated diverticulitis and didn't know what was wrong. But, but the way people looked at me and, and, and my self-worth was in the toilet for that. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's immeasurable to feel this wonderful now. And I mean, I, I go to the store and there's a, a guy there who works there today and he's putting up flowers and I look in his cart. I didn't know he worked there. He's Man, those are beautiful flowers. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and we had this five-minute conversation about isn't life wonderful? And those are beautiful flowers. And oh yeah, I'd like to learn how to grow sprouts, you know. Right. Because and, the and, energy is there. Right. And it made you more sociable too, because you were probably just kind of going to the store, get in the cart and drive yourself around and kind of not look at people and do your thing and then leave. Yeah, and I don't I'm, want people to see what's in my cart. And when you slide into the the, the fried chicken joints and stuff too, you, uh, thank God for drive up windows because then no one can really see me. We've had a few guests on that kind of had a similar journey to you where they had, they were morbidly obese and they lost a lot of weight. And they talked about the days when they would do the drive through and the different ways that they would make excuses when they would pick up the extra food or there were just so yeah. so many things that just to try to get along. And, and so just having to map things out in your head and make all these strategies just to get through your daily life, having to deal with the physical limitations and then the social limitations as well. And, but I'm glad that you're talking about this because I really hope that there are people out there that are watching or listening that either if maybe they're experiencing this or they know somebody, because first of all, we have to be a little bit more gentle with ourselves and with other people. I don't think that anybody chooses to be morbidly obese versus having a life where they're not. But for many people, they just don't know of any way out. And I'm hoping that maybe just like you were searching for the causes of death and maybe somebody might search for something about weight loss and they may run across this broadcast and see that there is hope and that just because you're overweight, there may be other things that you're experiencing as well and you're not the only one. I think that that's important, right? And don't go beat your friends over the head with, with Dr. Gregor's book. Just see what you're doing. About eight months ago, a friend of mine, his name is Claude Bowden, and he had a heart attack, a very severe one, and he get, ended up getting six stents put in over a couple week period. He calls me on the phone. He goes, okay, I'm ready to start eating dirt, whatever it takes. I go, okay. So, so I, you know, told him, watch the, go here, go there, do this, do that. And left him be. And um, now he was also getting on a list for a liver transplant and he had this severe heart problem. So it was like, he's just about gone, right? Three and a half months after that, he went in to get for reassessment to see how the stents were working. And they had to decide whether or not he could get onto the liver transplant list. And he calls me up afterwards and he goes, you're not gonna believe this. He told me, what heart problem? All my all his heart numbers are back down to, to normal. And, and he's got normal function. See, he didn't have to wear that vest that has the automatic thing that shocks you if you get one. And uh, so he says, now in a, another couple of months, I'm going to go see the guys on the liver train. So I went there last week and he gets done. He goes, 
they wouldn't put me on the list. He says, they told me I didn't need one. He said, my tumor has not grown. Oh, so I'm like, he's crying. I'm crying. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm getting choked up just listening. Oh, my goodness. And this is not a paid commercial. This is just right. a friend of mine. I have another friend in Dallas and she's, you know, just like I was. And, and she and, and chronic heart problem, damn near dead. And she's been on it now for, I think, 23 days. And she's lost like eight pounds. And when you're like at 300, that's a lot, yeah. especially for her, because her doctor has known her for a couple of years and she hadn't lost any weight, she was saying. And, and she said her numbers are starting to come down now and the weights come down and her doctors go, we would like to get all our patients to eat like you do, but getting people to do that's really hard. She says, mm. just let them know they're going to die. Otherwise, like, no. <laughs> so, so, and Claude said that to his doctor also, and that's how we're getting the word out. Right. Millions of us out. Yeah. And I love having people on where they're not trying to sell a program or something and they're just telling their story, just like you are, because that's when people say, okay, maybe there's something to this because you're just trying, just like I am. You you found the lifestyle, you found the benefit, and you've learned about it. And now you really want to get the word out to as many people as will listen. Not everybody is ready for it, but it's out there. And when they're ready, oh, we have a question from Rochelle Wilder. And before you answer, I'm going to give a true or false question to the audience to see what they say. Okay, so Rochelle wants to know, did Jim exercise with the for the weight loss? Did the 12-step program help with the food addiction? So now, before Jim answers this, I'm going to put a true or false question out to you guys in the audience. And you can type in what you think the answer is for the first part of that question. So the first part of the question talked about exercise. We're going to put on this question for all of you. In order to lose weight, you must exercise true or false. So guys, type in what you think the answer is because we had that question just now for, for him and we will now ask you, what is your answer to that question? Uh, well, the answer, it, it, it's more true than false. The, the answer is C, uh, it's, it is necessary for optimal health. Um, when I got to looking at the at the scientific evidence, the real stuff, the randomized double-blind test results in the 2000 videos at nutritionfacts.org, they said that that exercise, exercise when they tested that with people with weight loss, with 15 minutes of exercise versus none, they got lost more weight. Then they took to a half an hour and they lost even more weight and then and then like an hour and then like an hour and a half and he said and each time that they put this to a, a like a randomized double blind study they found that the people who exercise more lost more weight so he says but we don't think that's the limit it's just that's as far as they tested it and so it was like i don't want to get up and start moving i'm old <laughs> so i bought a 25 dollars smartwatch okay on amazon 25 it's my second one they stole my other one what is that what, what this is just a, a 25 oh it's a look on amazon for a okay. smartwatch okay. under $30 or less and mm -hmm. and it's a and they're great and and because uh -huh. um, it tracks my movement through the day but, but when i downloaded dr gregor's 12 his what's the name of his app i can't remember i don't use it all the time now i just use the dirty dozen no not the dirty dozen no, no, no yeah that's what i call it too though, from the movie the dirty yeah. dozen see right, so right. so it's a daily dozen the daily and, um, dozen right i had the dirty and, dozen from we there's also another there's an environmental working group that does the dirty dozen oh that's pretty good i like that wow. <laughs> those are the things you should buy organic if you can oh <laughs> yes absolutely dozen. 
So we figured it out between the two of us, the daily yeah. does it. So I began to do that. And what happened was I did lose more weight and I lost it quicker. And uh, so I, I, my smartwatch keeps track of how many steps I make during the day. And for a $700, I can get one that'll tell me how much effort I put into it and stuff like that. But this is enough for me. It gets me up and moving and, and it did accelerate that. So yes, that, that exercise does help. But start where you are. Start eating healthy and you get out there and run around the block and you have a heart attack and die because you're not fully ready yet. So right. you got to keep that in mind. So. Right. And you didn't, I mean, when you were first starting out and you decided to maybe incorporate movement into your life, you weren't going to the gym and running on a treadmill or anything because you had arthritis. I mean, you were going around in a scooter. So obviously yeah. you couldn't really do much movement. So what did you do for movement? Well, I bought a three-wheel adult tricycle uh, from walmart.com. It's like 200 bucks and it's turquoise. I could sell a hundred of them. In my every time I ride around, I want one of those. And, and it can't fall off because when, right. when you're overweight like that, if you fall off, you're dead and yeah. uh, or damaged. And, uh, and it's actually good because now I live about a mile from Whole Foods. So I can ride over there and get some stuff and come back whenever I want. But I started off that way. And then I started just walking around the block. one, And I just kept doing that every day. And eventually it's like, that was pretty good. I'm going to do it a second time. And then slowly and surely I built up my stamina. And now I'll do 10 to 12,000 steps in a day generally all the time. And I'm not working at a job per se, but I do a lot of projects. So. So right. that helps a lot. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's good for the for helping with weight loss. Obviously, you're going to burn more calories. The more you move, the more calories you're going to burn. But at first, you didn't really use, well, let me see, uh, lovingly plant-based that I think that once people have lost some of the excess weight, the desire to move increases. Yeah, I agree. I, I think so. Because, and I have more energy, but the positive reinforcement. Yes, absolutely. Right. So, and I think that for your health, the movement is important and also your mental health too, because we really need to make movement. We had a woman on here as a guest and she had lost a lot of weight and she had arthritis in the knees and she really couldn't walk very much at all. The doctor said by the time she was 30, she's going to be in a wheelchair. Now she's climbing mountains. But she said was that in the beginning when she adopted this lifestyle, she bought these videos on Amazon and they were walking videos that she just watched the television and she just stood in front of the TV and she walked just like that. And then when she couldn't do it anymore, she stopped. That was the movement that she started with. And then Slowly, as the weight came off and the inflammation went down, because we were talking about how you're not feeling the pain with the arthritis, not just because you lost the weight, but because the foods that were causing the inflammation, you eliminated, and the foods that helped reduce inflammation were the ones that you added, and that's the other reason. So then it makes you want to move more too. Yeah, very good. Now we had, wasn't there another part of the question? Rochelle wanted to know if the 12-step program helped with oh. your food addiction. That was the second. We got off no. on the tangent about exercising. I want to make sure we got the rest of the, the question answered. So so this one, ABA, uh, Anorexic Bulimus Anonymous, and and uh, I, uh, and also Overeaters Anonymous, and I, I was an, I was an OA, I, I was in that for 18 years and never got more than six months of abstinence because no matter what things I ended up doing, I wasn't able to get clean enough food in me to not have cravings. If I, if I eat something that's got a, a, anything that's, you know, any chemistry whatsoever, it tips me off somehow. And I feel it now. 
And when that happens, what I do is the next day, I do a clean day for one or two days. I mean, just everything came right out of the dried rice and dried beans and cooked it up, grew my own sprouts, like, like, you like arugula? There's Look at that. And that, oh, isn't that beautiful? And show us what you're growing it in, Jim. What oh, is that? It, it's a flower sifter. That's the, that's the, <laughs> the things. That, and I, I think this was three dollars altogether to buy that and then this is a same kind of thing this is a, a zesty sprouting mix from now foods it's like six bucks for a pound uh -huh. and uh so it's a mix of three different things and then i put some uh, uh rambo red radish in it to really make the colors pop anyway, I'm, i i'm getting off the subject here well, but because you love sprouting and you have a facebook group all about sprouts and that's how we met but the, the sprouts it's i'm glad that you brought it up because it's important to incorporate as many different kinds of varieties as you can in this lifestyle. And the baby, these are the microgreens that grow in the dirt, and those are the small growths of seeds, or the sprouts when you're just growing it in water, like Jim had showed us. Those have a lot of phytonutrients and all kinds of really great things for you. So they're really good to sprinkle it on a sandwich or blend it up in your smoothie. And that's, I love to do that with broccoli. The other day, I went to visit my daughter, and she she knows I love a big salad. So I went over there for dinner, and she made me a beautiful large salad. And she had beet sprouts in there. They are beautiful. Aren't they? They're, I had never seen them, and I wouldn't have expected them because they have like a pink or red color to them, just like the beet would be. I would never expect them to be. I would think a sprout would be a sprout where it would have either a deep purple or maybe a green, but these were a very bright color so that's going to be on my list to sprout because they're just so pretty and they tasted very good too but that's another thing you guys could look into and we'll put a link to that video if you want to learn more about sprouting from jim well, well and i bring it up though for an important point when i started this i was living on a 12 12 acre place in the middle of a small town in texas so there weren't whole foods markets and stuff around to get good stuff and um a friend of mine was you know, given a, a horrible diagnosis and and I told him, well, here's what I'm doing. And so they did. And she goes, well, I had spent $325 to buy all those organics for everything in organic. And I said, you don't have to get organics to start with. You don't have to ever. But uh, so we're not going to do that. And so then pretty soon he was in a wheelchair and now he's, I don't know where he is and I hope he's all right. The fact is, is that I, I can grow, I can grow sprouts for next to nothing and I can take a big, and I do, I take a handful like this, right? That's about a cup. Yeah, about a cup. And I'll grab about a handful and I'll grab a handful of another one. And then a third one, generally two to four different sprouts, put them on my cutting board, dice them up, put them on top of whatever I'm eating. That makes it affordable. That's like 30 cents worth of food. And it's, it's mostly all organic and very, very fresh and really packed full of nutrition, like you're saying. And the arugula, I've just started with this. I've never had, I had it for microgreens years ago, but well, boy, that is really, that's got the arugula flavor, if you like it. Yes. I do. Yeah. You're so right, because some people say, oh, if you adopt this lifestyle, it's cost prohibitive. And if you sprout, I mean, those seeds are just pennies and you can get things from a thrift store, just like Jim showed you. You don't even have to purchase a fancy sprouting kit. And it's just so good for you. And once you learn how to do it, it's very, very easy. It's not a difficult thing at all. You just have to rinse them a couple of times a day and, and that's it. And within a few days, you've got sprouts. So they're inexpensive. So if you combine that with beans, beans are inexpensive too. Now you've gotten 
your greens and you also have something to fill you up and give you or potatoes. So there are a lot of inexpensive ways to eat this way. So we have a question from Matt and he wants to know, do you or have you ever done intermittent fasting? Yes, I I read up and watched a lot of videos on that. And and again, nutritionfacts.org, 2000 plus videos free and and he's like a he's like an intellectual Barney Fife. He's just a wonderful guy. I just I, I mean he's just a great guy. If he asked for money, I would give him some. He really. But uh, so and then there's some videos on inter, inter, intermittent fasting, and I pay attention to that now. And um, what I try to do is not eat after dark, and then I, generally I'm not hungry till about noon now. And and I'm not trying that. I just I'm not hungry, and uh, I might have a I might make a smoothie around 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, but. Uh, not a smoothie like ice cream and milk and stuff like that, but, but a healthy one. Um, and that'll be my breakfast a lot of times because I'm satiated. And, uh, and some, I generally eat maybe two meals a day because after I eat a, a, a bigger meal in the afternoon, maybe five o'clock or a little before, um, then I'm just not hungry. So, yeah. So that's intermittent fat. The longer you go, the better. And, and I think that's a good thing to do. And, um, but what my, my take on it for me today is it's a natural part of whole food plant-based because I only eat when I'm hungry with the, the one caveat that if I get a bad case of anxiety, a bad case of my inner child acting out of, or what I get a flashback from the past where, where what I call it, if it's hysterical, it's historical. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's like, somebody just said hello to me and I'm losing it. Then I'm going to want to eat something. And, and I just... I really work hard to let that go. And if I can't, then I eat something healthy. And that's what people have to realize that they shouldn't be too hard on themselves because it, it does take a while to adopt this lifestyle and adapt. And also trying to remember who said it, but they say, if you have addictions, and I think we all have some kind of addictions, but if you have addictions, they're always going to be with you and they're in the corner doing push-ups. No matter what you try to do, if you give in to them, they're getting bigger and stronger than ever before. And they're ready to take over your lives again, but give yourself some grace. And like you said, there are some times that you might have a couple of slips, but then you follow it up by being a hundred percent and really, really clean the next couple of days, just to get yourself back on track because we are human and we encounter all kinds of experiences where Mm -hmm. sometimes things aren't always, I believe that there's different phases of this lifestyle too. In the beginning, you're still trying to deal with all your anxiety and your medical issues and try to believe that this is going to work. And there's so many cravings and so much detoxing and maybe not feeling very well. And maybe you're becoming over-medicated when you're on blood pressure medication or diabetes medication because your numbers are coming down and you need to work with your doctor to get off that. So it's a little bit of a process, but then over time it becomes, I guess, would you say you feel, it feels like a more normal way of eating and living than what used to be? What do you say, Jim? For me, it's absolutely normalized now. And uh, it's, it's sort of like I go into, when I first went into a restaurant and I was three and a half weeks into my detox, which I spent a month and a half. And I mean, I was having two salads a day and then homemade fresh veggie juice uh, every two hours a cup. And that's all I had. And I walk into a hospital to visit a friend and, and we walk by the, had to go sit down in the cafeteria there while we're waiting to go up to visit. And I lost it because there were, and this is institutional food, which like normally doesn't do much for me, but I was like, I'm scraping my fingernails on the blackboard. You know, it was like, oh my God, oh, this all smells so good. And and I just hung on. And then so I looked and there was a banana. So I bought a banana and I ate a banana. I was like, okay, I feel better. But 
that went away. And like you say, it's normalized now. I, I go to a restaurant and I'll find something to eat. And it's the people around me, the food codependents out there, that, that you know, well, you need to eat more. You know, you, you look too thin and stuff like that. And uh, But I can always find something to eat. And I don't have to. This isn't like my last meal ever. So I can get, you know, rice and beans or, or I can get a, a side salad and, and some beans. And, and, and I'll just mix them all together because I like it that way. And, and I'm just fine, you know, but it's a process. And like I said, the first month, really hard. I extended it two more weeks. It passed. With my husband, he lost over 100 pounds in the first week. He felt like he was coming down with the flu. He didn't have fever, but that's the symptoms that he felt. And he said, I don't know if this lifestyle is for me. And we kind of discussed it and he agreed to just give it a week. And if after a week was over, if he still was not feeling well, then we would regroup. It took about a week, not to say that all the symptoms went away, but it took a week for him to start feeling a little less detoxy and feeling a little better. So I think that you just have to give it some time. Absolutely. But if you are on prescription medications, make sure that you take down those numbers as far as your glucose levels and your blood pressure and record it daily so that you can share it with your doctor in case they need to help you titrate off your medication. Lovingly plant-based said, I think that once people have lost some of the excess weight, the desire to move increases. That's right. I think so too. And Becca Tass said, what whole food plant-based meals did you enjoy eating when you first started out before it started tasting good? See, that's the thing. before you were used to what you eat now. What did you eat when you were transitioning? Okay. I, I heard about whole food plant-based at some point and I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. And there was, there was just one article I had found and, and it really hadn't framed it that way. This was how I cured myself of cancer. And he said he made two big salads. Every morning he made them, and he had one one for lunch and one for dinner. He juiced a uh, half gallon a day and drank a cup every two hours. Well, I'm a juicer, so I did that. And and frankly, that was wonderful. I mean, by the second, but the first day, the juice has always been good for me. I've been doing it for decades on top of the bacon and eggs. and other. So that was really the best to start with. And and I, that's all I did for a month and a half. Um, and I didn't buy his cancer curing treatment. You know, he was trying to sell the thing if you have cancer, which I felt sad about that. But but that was what I used for my detox. And then I started searching and I bought an instant pot. Oh. And then yeah. I bought another pot is an electric pressure cooker for those of you that are not familiar. And even if you're not plant-based, it's a wonderful kitchen tool yeah. so i have four now yeah. and, and i didn't pay retail for any of them so and, and uh but but i have two big and two small but uh i but but what i just google wfpb bean recipes or rice recipes or whatever it is you want to make and uh but start with rice and beans i think you know or grains and grains but whole food plant-based use that in there in the description and you'll get 500 recipes. And, and it's like my favorite food in the world, Indian food. My other favorite food in the world, Mexican food. And guess what? It's like, that's that's like hitting a home run at whole food plant-based. Yeah. I buy the spices in bulk now and, and uh, because those spices are very healthful. That's why they became so popular in India and in the, in the East, because they are so helpful. And uh, so it's one. So I have hundreds and hundreds of recipes saved. You build them over time. And uh, I don't think I ever made anything that I could say, oh, I didn't like that, <laughs> which is weird because they smell wonderful. They look good. And and then it's like, I'll make a batch up. It's just me. And so then I'll eat off of it for three or four days. Well, 
But, you know, one day I've got rice with it. Another day I've got beans. Another time I might use it as it's by itself. And and um, I never get tired of it. It's just all so good. Yeah, it's just amazing. I have a video that I actually I was a guest of uh, Chef AJ on her show. And I have a video of that on my YouTube channel where I use the Instant Pot, which is the electric pressure cooker. And I show you how I make beans. And it's just so easy because I have different spice blends and I can just dump them in with some water and the dried beans and then push the button and I can go for a walk and come back and it's on a keep warm mode and it's cooked. So that's really cool. And I think that when you first adopt this lifestyle, maybe things just don't taste as good as you would like them to be because the food in the standard American diet is such so highly salted and sweetened and has so many different kinds of chemical additives in it that when we take all those things away, our taste buds don't even recognize the true tastes that are in foods naturally. So did you find that in the beginning, some of the things maybe didn't taste as good as you wish they would? Well, no, not really, because um, I love the juice because it's very sweet and very, it's, it's, I've, been juicing for decades even like i said even though i ate badly i also ate some good stuff and uh and i had grown sprouts too for 35 years not as much as i do now but so but i gave myself that detox period at first of 30 days because i wanted to get all of that out because I, I i had this feeling it was going to reset things and it did of course um and then i wanted to, that time to research recipes and research things and I did that, and now I have hundreds of things that, that I can draw upon. I make my own soy made soy milk. I make my own soy yogurt um, with my instant pot and stuff like that. Rather, and so it doesn't cost much. But but uh, at first it was just you know no. By the time I was done detoxing, anything tasted good because I'm doing salads. I might squeeze lime juice or lemon juice on them. That was all I would put on it. I didn't didn't dare put any. I, I wouldn't put vinaigrette dressing on or vinaigrette, whatever that, that kind of stuff, because I was afraid it had other stuff in it. So it was like kind of weird. So by the time I started eating, it was like, oh, this is wonderful. I made my own, you know, my, my own curry from six different things that I added. So, you know, learned how to measure and all that. Now I just dump it all in, but it was so delicious. Oh God. <laughs> I think that when we are eating the standard American diet, our taste buds are definitely hijacked and we really just aren't in touch with what real food is supposed to taste like. And maybe that is something that somebody could try to do a juice kind of thing for a few days or maybe a week just to reset their palate. I've noticed that my taste buds and my sense of smell are definitely heightened. And it got to the point where I had to change laundry detergent. I have to use laundry detergent that doesn't have any scent in it. And of course I get it without the colors too, because I don't need my laundry detergent to be blue. But I've noticed that if I'm around people that use scented laundry detergent or fabric softener, that not only can I smell it intensely, but I don't really feel good when I'm smelling it. So I think it, that we kind of like the canary in the coal mine, if we give ourselves a chance to see that. So did you find that, that your sense of smell and taste kind of heightened oh absolutely because I, I sniff my way through a grocery store by and large at this point and and when i'm cooking i'm doing that too and i get all excited by it. the colors I like i like the colors for sure you know and, and uh and the smells and the flavor really gets me the other thing is now if i walk if like every now and then i get my dog a bacon cheeseburger at mcdonald's um because he He's 18 or 19, and he mostly eats plant-based, but every now and then he wants one. 
but I walk in there and it smells horrible. Yeah. And, uh, and and when I go with somebody else to another other fast food places and stuff, and it's like, would you like something? Um, uh, can I get a glass of water? I don't need a straw, just a paper cup. Thank you. And, you know, because it smells horrible. That's really reassuring, I think, for a lot of people, because for some people, I don't think they could imagine just driving by and seeing the sign without being triggered, much less being able to walk into one of those places and smell everything and not be triggered. So somehow the switch kind of flips and you go from wanting to eat that and not being able to resist it to being, I guess, repulsed by it. So it's an interesting transformation. I want to add to that though. I still have this great capability. I could be driving down a busy crowded street, stores, restaurants, everything, lining the street. And I'm driving, so I'm focusing on that. And I go, there's a buffet. I still see, there's a buffet. A buffet. <laughs> I, it could be a little tiny sign with all these signs around it, and I will see that buffet sign. But I don't careen, I don't like dodge across traffic to get there anymore because why? <laughs> but I still see him. I mean, Carol, she just thinks it's funny as heck. He goes, Yeah, <laughs> brags on him. Yeah, he can find you a buffet if you need one. So. Oh, yeah, boy. because you just kind of trained yourself to scout them out when you were eating the way that you used to do. Wow. Olympic style eating. That's right. Yeah. So anybody in your life that you were able to get to lean into this or transform? No. And, and I, I work it as a program of attraction, not a program of promotion. That, that mm -hmm. I found that in all my recovery, that if, if I try to beat somebody over the head to do something, they're just going to go the other direction. So you know, it's like, here I am. And, and I've, I've had a couple friends, you know, friends that have come over after severe cardiac problems and, cool. and uh, they're very happy for that. So we're working on it. This, this shirt, by the way, is, is like way too big for me. And I keep adjusting it because <laughs> like, oh my God, it's made by Omar, the tent maker. This is a large. And when I got started on this, I was wearing two XL. So Oh. that's that's the difference i really should be wearing a medium now but i'm in a retired budget so it's like i'll keep wearing this shirt for a while longer <laughs> sometimes it's a nice reminder of where you came from and how far you've gone did you weigh yourself a lot when you were first adopting lifestyle to see if it worked well from from all my years of work trying to overcome eating disorders in general i i learned that the two things either don't weigh myself or weigh myself only once a day and uh and the best idea I got was to, because when you're, if you're anorexic and bulimic, I, I never got on a scale and felt good. You know, it's like if I lost five pounds, it's like, well, I should have had 10 pounds. You know, and if I went up a pound, it was like guilt, shame, guilt, shame. And shame for me is an acronym should have already mastered everything. Oh. And, and oh, you could never win with it, but that was what, you know. So now, I, every now and then I do, but the, the reality is my clothes, tell me exactly where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And I know I have more to go because the, the real thing that I don't know is the skin flaps. When you yeah. lose that much weight, I'm, I'm like a waddling chicken, you know, and, <laughs> and I mean, I'd be driving with a short sleeve shirt on and after about an hour, it's like, oh my God, I was scared. Like, what happened? <laughs> like, oh, that doesn't go away. Well, it does. I mean, like right now it's about three quarters of an inch on this arm, but before it was like that much. I mean, honestly, when, when I would drive and the waddles here, I got to pull them down now, but you know, bus, I swallowed my fork, but, but it used to be worse. And uh, so right. it is getting better. And, and I think it's because my body is getting the nutrition it needs yeah. all the time. 
Yeah, we had Judy Finnerman. She had lost a lot of weight. She came on as a guest, and she said that a lot of people ask her about the excess skin, and they say, "Oh, I'm so afraid to lose weight because if I do, I'm going to be worried about the excess skin." So she tells them, "I'll tell you what: adopt this lifestyle, lose all the weight, and see if you have the excess skin. And if you don't like it, then just..." Gain the weight back. <laughs> yeah, really. We'll gladly refund your misery. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. Well, it is. And and so I'm 66 now. So it's sort of like, well, I'm not going to put on a, a, a Speedo and go walking down the, the walkway to show people how good I look anyway. This is my thing for me. It's to thine own self be true. Mm. And, and, Learning, learning that that's the most important thing, my own inner critic, my own loving parent, to treat myself well, period. Forget TV, forget all the other compulsive ways to get information, just listen to myself. I'm much happier, with, and I like me a lot better. I really do. I, I think I'm kind of good looking, too. <laughs> that's wonderful. So for the people that are listening and watching, that are kind of thinking about adopting this lifestyle, or maybe they're just doing it a little bit, but they know they really, they really should take it up a notch and maybe go all in because they're just not seeing the results of just doing it partially. What would you say to them to get them thinking about changing and moving into the right direction? A couple of things come to mind. Everybody's probably at one time or another been in a canoe or a rowboat, a small boat in the water. And, and as the saying goes with small boats like that, come all the way in and sit all the way down and it'll be a comfortable, smooth ride. But if you're sitting on the side of the boat, <laughs> you're going in the water. And, and that's kind of it. It, it. For me, it's like I'm in, in for it all. Um, and then the other thing is it's just for today. Tomorrow, buffet, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Today... What's today is what I'm doing today. Whole food, plant-based, no oil. That way, and that's the, my final story is when eating an elephant, which I don't recommend, but it's, it's, it's a 3,000 year old parable. When eating an elephant, take one bite at a time. And this illness is so completely in, immersed in my all the cells of my body, all the microbes in my intestinal tract, my brain, my thinking, my history, uh, my emotional level, and, and all my olfactory and, and sight things are all so soaked up in the illness that uh, just today, just tie a knot and hang on and it will get better. That's wonderful. I think that's very inspirational. And I hope yeah. and I know that there is somebody watching or listening that is saying, you know what? Today's the day. Today's the day that I'm going to either start this lifestyle or I'm going to take it and be all in and get the results like you did, Jim. I really wanted to thank you for coming on. I really admire people who come on and talk about their story because we, we talk about words that maybe some people were uncomfortable with. It's something that we have to get out in the open and talk about because this is something that is affecting a lot of people. They really need to get control of their health and adopting this whole food plant-based lifestyle is a wonderful way to do it. And I really hope that people are inspired by your story. I really enjoyed hearing it. And thank you so much. Chris said you have to make more cooking videos. Do you yes. make cooking videos? My friend Chrissy in Ireland, she's in our group and she's and she's a very good friend of mine. Yes, uh, I made one. I was showing people how I make my Buddha bowls with all my sprouts and then but it was, I mean, you, you could see me from here, from here to here. I, I don't, I wish I could do what you do. 
and I don't think I'll ever learn. So I'm just grateful that you do what you do because you really are helping a lot. But hi, Chrissy. It must hi, Chrissy. Be in the of the night <laughs> she said, thanks, Amy and Jim. Great chat. Yeah. I, um, I'm hoping that because I know that you invited some people in your sprouting group on Facebook, and I'm hoping that some of them are going to say, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that about Jim. That's oh. a good thing. And maybe they'll get motivated because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are suffering with some kind of medical issue or maybe they're overweight. So I, I know that you've inspired a lot of people, Jim. I hope so. Yeah. And you have to. Yeah. And I want to tell everybody to stay tuned for a special announcement. But I did want to thank someone in the background, and that's Rebecca. She is from PKA Sols, and she has been doing – hi, Rebecca. She's been doing such a great job of navigating our questions and getting everything right. And I also wanted to thank Just Has Voice because she did the countdown and she did the voiceovers for our announcements. I wanted to also tell you that we do have a really important guest coming up next. In 2003, diagnosed with stage three colon cancer, Chris Wark, he opted out of chemo and he used nutrition and natural therapies to heal after his surgery. So please bring your questions on Wednesday, November 3rd, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Be Green with Amy Live because this is going to be a really great interview. And talk about healing. Chris Wark, he beat the cancer. And I'm looking forward to hearing his story. I want to thank all of you in the audience for showing up. I know a lot of you, especially if you were invited by Jim's Sprouting Group on Facebook, you may not have even heard of this lifestyle or may not have adopted it. But it, maybe you'll learn something from Jim's story. And I'm glad that you were here to support him. And thank all of you for being here. And the only way that we're going to get the word out about this lifestyle is by watching broadcasts like this, sharing, liking, subscribing. This is how we're going to tell the world that this is really a good way to achieve weight loss and improved health. And I hope that you guys will do that. And another thing that you could do is I have a tagline, which is be strong, be well, and be green. And I'm going to be saying that with Jim. And if you type it in, then we'll all get the universe together and say it together. So are you ready, Jim? I'm ready. Okay, so until I see you guys next time, remember, be strong, be well, and be green. green. <laughs> <laughs>